0: I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big winners. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, watch, you take your pants off. Balls oh,
2: are fucked.
0: I understand.
1: Come on, it quickly, Regan. Yes, big match. No one is in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get him, by the way. Welcome to episode 265 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. Alex has decided to join us this week, so uh, adjust your volumes accordingly. Um, Plenty to get into this week. We have somewhat of the news of the week. Once again, um, TK in particular, I've got to tell you, not a lot's been happening this week since we've spoken about kind of the amount that takes place in these uh, seven days. Not a lot's been happening. New Year, New Me is really carried on and people are settling down.
2: Florida Man's on the straight and narrow for the first Literally, couple of weeks, doing dry jam.
1: Not, not a single Florida Man headline.
2: It's <laughs> sad to see a man like it? that. I oh, know, I oh,
1: know. Um, we will talk about Kieran McHugh's arrival at Newcastle. We will talk about Philip Coutinho's arrival at Aston Villa. A little bit about the, about the Carabao Cup and we will conclude today. Looking at NFL Wildcard Weekend, which will take place at the end of the week. What were you about to say, Alex?
3: I was just going to say it's we've we've gone from having really hysterical headlines to just being drowned in like just screenshots of boring parts of Bath that everybody in their man and dog has been uh, been to.
1: Well, don't you worry, Alex, because um, <laughs> due to your absence, I have um, an intro catered especially for you. So you sit tight. <laughs> And um, then we'll have Good. some uh, questions for you. So anyway, news of the week, the first of five headlines. Uh, US teacher locked COVID-positive son in car boot.
2: The seven days? Seen, Did they offer no, the I've seen, isolation so period? i the
1: whole story of this. And basically, um, the, the fact there's a teacher, I think, is just to shock you a bit more that this is the way they're uh, treating uh, a child. But if it's just uh, a regular parent, you can crack <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly um the kid tests positive and the woman basically said well i don't want to catch it so <laughs> she drove down to get like the equivalent of like a pcr test and shoved him in the boot um <laughs> got to get the test done they said all right are we testing told the person i'd love to pop the boot for you so if you go around um, <laughs> he's tied were, up in there <laughs> they were refusing to do the test until the kid was in the back of the car and the woman's saying, Are "You mental? I don't want to catch it." You. All the one with all the hazmat suit on. You test him back there. We're we'll always back home, and then we'll get something sorted out. Um, they're now being taken to court for child endangerment. Um, so on the one hand, they're telling you, "Look, we need to act to stop the spread of the virus." On the other hand, you can't. You can make our boot. You can't win these days.
2: Snowflakes. <laughs> could could you say half is in the right place?
1: If that was on the Daily Mail, there would be genuine responses in that. Like back in my day, we would have been <laughs> able to do this and nobody would have batted an eyelid. <laughs> What'd you say, Alex?
3: I said, I said uh, could
1: you say a heart was in the right place? Um, maybe. I mean, we don't know how big the car boot was. Um, <laughs> or how old the go. kid
2: was. He's like a 15-year-old yeah. kid who's actually six <laughs> foot and she's just confronted him <laughs> in the boot. <laughs> the fuck you, get in there. Um
1: taco bell is now selling a ten dollar monthly taco subscription this looks great by the way i don't know if anyone else has seen this ten dollars a month you can come in every day and you can claim a taco for 30 days so on the one hand this would be great for like the homeless or something like that if you can if you can spare a tenner i don't know how um they go about doing this but i mean I'll save a fortune just on takeaways in the weekend give me two subscriptions for a friday and a saturday and i'll be set
0: Doss is actually getting a taco battle aren't, as well, aren't they? I'm well, well excited for that.
1: So who's... You said about the one by Stamford Bridge before. I wouldn't make it to half-time of the game <clears> if I had tacos. Before. Yeah. I wouldn't make it to kick
0: It's like opposite the pub that I am drinking as well before the game. So it's so tantalising. But I just know, like you said, I know that that's just a big mistake, especially with a journey back. I just can't see yeah, it sitting well.
1: By the Emirates, if I see anyone going to one of them burger vans, I'm just assuming you're like two stops away on the tube because there is no way there is surely no way you're traveling back as far as i am <laughs> when I went to for, there's one by the emirates and um almost by opposite like the club shop it, it looks essentially like a hatch in the wall basically um but it's like a, there's a grill in there and all sorts and we were rushing to get something i think emirates cup it was the day Sonogo scored four so it was a weird day and we saw them microwaving rustlers for burgers and then chucking it on the grill oh, no. oh, just God. to make it look like it had the kind of uh, char marks on it uh, uh, so we've, the... we've not returned since but I've been with Troy and I've said it before I've been with Troy and he got jerk chicken from a stand before a game and I said you must have like bowels of steel <laughs> 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 because that was just a horror show when
0: happened. That, that reminds me of we went on a ski trip To America Crips Did
2: you break a leg On this one
0: No I didn't But I I got dead Did you get robbed By anyone Everyone put in (laughs) Twenty dollars each To to watch me drink A bottle of Tabasco Before the eight hour flight And uh, I I actually did it And I made like I think I made about Hundred and twenty dollars And I think you paid
2: for that Christ I just
0: just felt Vile
1: Tabasco is like A top three worst thing I've tasted Tomato juice tops the list I've always said that Worst thing I've ever tasted and when people are saying you know that drink might that drink actually gets better if you mix some Worcestershire sauce in it because it's <laughs> not supposed to make the drink
2: more appealing
0: mate Worcestershire uh, sauce is brilliant as a drink i mean i i probably would yeah i'd give it a go
2: he's he drank a bottle of Tabasco for, yeah. for a good fire yeah, you gotta think there's,
0: there's a graph taste buds, my taste buds have been seared <laughs> off i don't know what anything <laughs> tastes like anymore <laughs>
1: I think the only source or anything like that, that I would have been able to have back in the day was the old Procquir Fryer carry sauce was just elite. Um but new owners, carry sauce changed. Um now they don't even give you a carrier
2: bag. Bastard. Bustle gone to the dogs.
0: This country.
2: Maybe literally gone to the dogs. You can't hold on. Um,
1: my main issue for going there is that I'd have to walk around in fairness. So I can't say it's um <laughs> carrier bag that's the main reason to putting me off but just a real go a me. above and beyond Jane Country doesn't give you a carrier bag and I still go there. <laughs>
0: it's less bag, more walk is it?
1: Levels. Um what else have we got this week? Woman who earns 200000 dollars selling fart jars is hospitalized by her work.
3: I did see this. I did see this uh, this headline and you're a big criminal
1: <laughs>
2: and,
3: uh, and how well, I think I posted the original um, I sent it into Josh? the chat when it was oh. just the story of her who, uh, who the, uh, about her before her hospitalisation of course But She was on a but, yeah.
1: 90 day fiancé so I've read next time we are rustling on the podcast it's just Alex opening his jars in the background <laughs> just sneaking out but she was basically um, she started like googling what foods and things would just give her more wind and just Different smelling farts, and then she ended up going into the hospital. (laughs) And they were saying, "Like, what is your diet?" She says, "I didn't tell them exactly what I did, but they did tell me I had to change my diet. So uh, my job is now over with. And so, all's well that ends well. She's now selling fart jar NFTs instead, (laughs) and uh, that's how she's making her cash now.
2: Oh
1: my word!
2: Isn't the world there's a lot of sad men?
1: Yeah." um Morrisons are scrapping their used by dates on milk in favor of a sniff test I don't, I don't know if this is you sniff it before you buy it or yeah it must it. be um, it, it must be I don't it's, want uh, COVID-friendly before me have sniffed
0: in fairness I don't remember the last time I actually looked at the date when I picked up a milk from my shop like, you you Morrison, me.
1: You're telling me, so you're telling me you've been sniffing it Jeff I don't think I've even sniffed it. Yeah, we just... used to, uh, my grandma to be fair, because she she have um, like the milk delivery, and you'd never you question how long that milk had been in the fridge. But I've been...
3: have any of you have any of you had that disaster where you yeah. have taken the milk can out of the fridge uh, or milk carton and you've you haven't checked it in any way and you've poured it into whatever your cereal bowl or your drink that you're making with yeah. it? And it's too late. You have realise that
1: you've just destroyed.
0: I was just about, to... Hot
3: drinks I was or just about to say that.
0: I've been put off Cinnamon Grains, which previously was my favourite cereal, forever, because that very thing, I didn't check the milk before I poured it, and a massive lump of milk fell on the top of it. And I just... <laughs> yeah,
2: <It's> just... <laughs> a similar story, I imagine. I imagine that's what it's like if you don't, uh, how can I put this? If you don't drop the kids off in a little while, I imagine that's what it comes out like.
1: <laughs> you get that in like um, any like cartoon network show. if if they were going into someone's fridge that uh, hadn't been used in a while and the milk would just come out like a butter slab. Something like Ed Ed and Eddie. Um, Last headline of today, I don't know if you've seen this story, um, partying passengers stuck in Mexico after airlines declined to fly them home. Have you seen this? It's, it's
3: this. It's a YouTube
1: influencer, isn't it? Or something like that so there was yeah there was a group of them i believe they were canadian um because i saw them being condemned but essentially they all just decided that they were just going to have a party on this plane and they started vaping and they started kind of throwing things around they were boozing and then they say at one point the kind of air stewardesses came to kind of calm them down and um they were i don't know how to how to describe it like They were like crowd surfing. They were crowd surfing people (laughs) from like one end of the plane to the other, and they were this bad that they were taken off the plane. Um, Well, obviously it landed and they were taken off the plane, and now nowhere will take them back to their own country because no one is allowing them to be on the plane. So they're just stuck.
2: (laughs) This sounds like uh, a great flight to be on. Well, they're
1: complaining. that nobody's taking them, but you would think probably part way this isn't going to end well. And you'd also be fuming if you were the person that was just, just wasn't even involved. And uh, <laughs> now you can't. Crazy you know, thing
2: was, all they wanted to do was play in a tennis tournament, and I'll show you That's all they wanted to do, and you just won't let them in. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. All
1: right, Alex, um, we're going to return to a topic that we have done previously, and it is uh, Would You Rather with AJ? Um, I'll start oh, you off nice and easy. Well, I'm excited. I only, have two quest- I only have two questions for you because um, I know if I go too far, you won't answer. Um, but would you rather shit a watermelon or piss out a golf ball?
3: Oh, oof. I'm going to go with shit out a watermelon. That is all very big. Piss I just,
1: I just, I just. I might sort I, of you
2: I uh, just, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the other way around would hurt more. Your next bike ride is going to be interesting. You're shitting out of waterman
1: <laughs>
2: Stand up the entire That's way.
3: You s- did not so go in AJ's up. tailwind. I'm telling
1: you. <laughs> um and slightly darker, maybe not not too much. Okay. Um, we're doing the podcast back at mine in this scenario. Um. You pick up Jack. I don't know which direction you're coming in, but uh, you pick up Jack and you're driving on the way to mine. Unfortunately here, Jack, Alex does get in an accident with you in the car. (laughs) Right. Alex, I'm telling you now, a little god comes down in your ear and gives you in slow motion the decision to make. You lose your legs in the accident or Jack loses his.
0: We know which one he's choosing here. (laughs) But I want to hear him say it.
1: <laughs> not funny, Alex. Jack's <laughs> legs are on the line. Uh,
3: I, uh, I, uh, I'm uh, going to, uh, I'm to give Jack his legs, and I'm going to let him take mine. No. Oh, I'm not having that. No, he's oh, no, his. No
2: he keeps did. his own legs. He doesn't need yours. He's got. He keeps his own. Although that <laughs> would be quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> but so. I mean you're an active
1: guy you can leave those legs behind because i don't think you mean this hey hey luke
3: activity uh, activity in sport doesn't end when you lose limbs i'd I'd go straight into that paralympic team (laughs) (laughs) i I, I kid you not i kid you not i do actually have a funny story like when i when i did my when i no when i when i did my arm in and i was in hospital uh, one of my good friends, one of my good friends um, who is a who is a pro. Uh, she also races for the para Paralympic team. The first thing, like she was brave to come in with this, considering she didn't know what sort of mental state I was in. She messaged me straight away and said, "Oh, I heard I've broke your arm. Heard you've broke your arm really badly. We'll get you in that Paralympic team. Gold medal, no problem. You'll
1: boss it." I was just like, "I haven't lost my arm yet." I mean, but, I. Haven't broken my arm. Yours is the most dramatic arm break I've ever heard.
3: Well, I I did have bones sticking it out of me. to
1: the story when you say I walked, I even walked into the hospital.
3: That wasn't really dramatic. I just I just got dropped off at the front door and walked
1: in. But you well, glossed le- that part. His
0: legs weren't broken were
1: previously, hasn't it <laughs>
0: Yeah, AJ mate, if it influences your decision here. I am 100% keeping my legs. So,
2: says a lot, AJ, anything for a TV slide, but right, straight in the Paralympics. Didn't even hesitate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and finally, Alex, actually, um saw this last night. You've got the choice here. You need to drain an entire swimming pool with a fork, or you need to fill it with your own saliva. Which do you choose?
3: Oh, oh fucking hell! Um, I try and <laughs> I try and drain it with a fork. I think
1: you supposedly um, could fill two Olympic-sized swimming pools with your saliva over a lifetime. So you would have been there a while either way. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But there we go. Um, on to Newcastle and Kieran Trippier. A uh,
0: Seamless transition
1: easy easy jump some of these Newcastle (laughs) players are playing like they've lost their legs. In fairness, (laughs) Kieran Trippier joins Newcastle last Friday for a fee believed to be in the region of 12 million pounds. He's the first signing of the PIF era at the club and Eddie Howe insists that he is not joined for financial (laughs) reasons. TK if I go to you first, do you believe that to be the case?
2: (laughs) <laughs> no one believes it to be the case I mean Eddie must be a half decent poker player he did keep a straight face when he said it that's such a brutal see, question to ask as well because we kind of all know the score here but what's what's the manager and the player going to say <laughs> Well, they are going to yeah yeah look you should see what they're paying lads that's why I'm here if, if I can give you the facts around the contract I'm not sure it's as
1: big as perhaps what people will expect it to be so do you know what wages on before I ask you
2: no, but I would balance this by the fact that it is Kieran Trippier. They haven't, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: They so, haven't uh, signed. What, what, what way would, a would you ex-
1: expect him to be on it now? He's at first signing at Newcastle.
2: I would imagine getting towards the 100 grand mark.
1: Yes, yeah, so he's believed to be earning in the region of 100,000. Um, he was on I mean, 78,000 at Atletico, so it's not the biggest. I mean, 22 grand 22 grand, but in and, terms of. I think if you ask the average man on the street, they think he would be getting at least double the money he's on at Atletico. It's
2: a fair point, isn't it? But then you consider the the falling level that he's going to here. Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: He's going it's, for like challenging in the Champions League to losing to Cambridge.
2: Yeah,
1: for sure. I'm only balancing it on. So we we spoke about it a bit last week. The main thing I think has changed is it's gone from 25 million to 12 million now. If Newcastle stay in the league, there is another instalment that they need to pay. But I'm it's sure. not believed yeah. to be anywhere near the amount that's going to take you there. It's believed to be just a couple of million. Um, his contract is only until 2024 as well. So he's got a two and a half year deal. And one of the things we spoke about last week was that, okay, he's going there. This is going to be the last big contract that he probably gets. So he's going to get the money that he can while he's there. So I don't know if his agent has just done a horrible job. If he really isn't just going for the money, or I think we probably have expected him to be getting a bit more than what he has has secured.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Because there talks at the start of the season that he was going to United, and that seems hmm. to done. Yeah. And I know that United's not too much of a step up from Newcastle at the moment.
2: <laughs> Blimey!
0: <laughs> but um, so you would have thought you'd he have held out for a bigger team if it wasn't done. I'd love to know how so- much he's getting a week.
1: You're, so it's, it's 100,000 a week he's getting it's believed oh, right.
2: to be I do think
1: that's near, top near end enough. for what
2: he's going to get though at the same he, time as much as I I understand you want to try and milk a club I, I don't know that you're getting higher than that pretty much anywhere
1: I know this speaks a lot more to probably how we're run as a club a Kolasinac turns more than that Arsenal <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I mean um, but you've got some he, horrific sort he wanting, came on a free
1: agents, which which never hmm. um, helps the case um so United did come in for him last summer and it is believed then that Atletico did say, right, 25 million is the price that we're going to need to sell him. Um, I think you spoke on this, if not last week in previous podcasts, TK, where you spoke about the way that Simeone does speak about Trippier in the, in a team of some very talented players. I mean, a team that had Luis Suarez and Yao Felix and Antoine Griezmann. He's referring to Kieran Trippier as one of, if not, the most important player in his team. He adjusted Mm. his formation this season just to have Kieran Trippier having more of an influence on the pitch. Um, You said it's the living up north thing, which I I didn't know till today. Uh, You may have referenced it previously, I'm not sure. His wife and son and daughter, they never moved to Spain with him. So he has literally been away from them the entire time, partly due to the pandemic and also... Just, I guess, they they weren't prepared to move to Spain and he had to go and do what he had to do. He, after leaving Tottenham, he wanted a challenge. He said think, since that...
2: Sorry. I normally think with these things, you can normally read between the lines. Um, and he seemed fairly happy there. But when he's looking clearly for the last summer for a move back to England, I think you can probably guess it's like a family issue. I didn't know that they hadn't moved. I figured they'd probably moved and, and didn't like it. So that, that makes sense, what you're saying. The, uh, I mean, I think... Within reason, you know, as much as we're saying about the money, obviously Man United is Man United, who so would have been attracted to it. But I think almost any Premier League club he probably ends up making the move to, because c- let's face it, Newcastle is not near to where he's from. I know he's up north, and to, I know to us southerners, basically the north is just one like vague region. But I don't think it's that close to Newcastle where he's from. But it's just uh just get me back in England. Yeah, I think Seem, seems to be the vibe. Apparently. Yeah, so (laughs) as much as as much as to us of like anything north of Stoke is basically all the same area. That is not in fact, it's kind of like me going, I'm really missing Gloucester. So I'm going to move to London. It doesn't quite work out.
1: He was interviewed um, in the summer. And he effectively said that he'd achieved what he set out to achieve when he went to Spain. He said that in his mind, he felt vindicated in and i'm not using this as a shot at tottenham i know alex so i kind of mentioned spurs he gets his back up a bit he as a lot of players would felt very disrespected by the way that he went from feeling like he was one of the most important players at tottenham to essentially being told you are expendable we're listening to offers for you um so i think in his mind being able to go over to atletico prove his worth especially to a manager like Simeone, it feels to me very much like hell's kitchen where Gordon Ramsay calls him a piece of shit for 59 minutes for the episode and then tells him that risotto was very good and they're over the moon because they've got that tiny compliment. Imagine Simeone really can probably get you in that same way that you're battling for just the slightest bit of recognition from him and the fact he's then won a league title there. He's got to feel like, what more can I do here? Especially if he's starting to be unhappy.
2: There does seem to be a thing with... English players that go abroad as well, that they do have a very finite sort of a uh, time period in their head on it. that they think I'm going to go here for a year or two and then I'm going to be gone rather than, I think, the perception of us is, you know, for a foreign player coming here, for example, we expect them to be there indefinitely. I think English players just, we don't tend to travel that well, do we? And when we do, we probably go, right, it's not going to be for that long. As you said, He's probably thinks, what more can I do at Atletico now?
1: It's so yeah. impressive though to, to make... A market yourself in that team in particular this isn't like you're doing a Gareth Bale and you're going out and your skills speak for themselves in that way where putting the ball in the back of the net is what you do it's, it must be very hard to kind of staple yourself down in that Simeone team particularly with the style it, a lot of English players have
2: his stock was low as well going there if you think yeah. like Spurs fans did want him gone because his, his defending was questionable he wasn't as good attacking wise as he's been for England and for Atletico uh, so, it, it's a, it looked a move where you thought, I'm, I'm not sure what Atletico have seen here, and he's just looking for a move. And it turned out, actually, to be perfect for both parties.
1: Yeah, the, the metrics in terms of the way he crosses the ball, anyhow Howe was laughed at again, and I know we hear a lot of outlandish things in these press conferences, but People seem shocked that Eddie Howe wasn't just prepared to shit on Trippier for the entire press conference. <laughs> he, he, he called him one of the best crosses in the world of football and one of the best crosses he's ever seen. The metrics in terms of where he places it, his cross completion and all of that, he's very much up there in terms of the delivery. And it makes perfect sense if Newcastle are going to go for a target man. They've They've been linked with Chris Wood in the last two days, and you'd think one certainly... <laughs> Uh, goes with the other. I'll, we'll talk about their other targets um, in, in just a moment.
2: But Quite a climb down from what they were being linked with for a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we I, have to settle for Chris Wood.
0: <laughs> I, I reckon if Giroud hadn't moved in the summer, I reckon he would have been a target.
1: Yeah, me. that is excellent yeah. show. They were linked with Eddie Jacko as well, and, but he's just gone to Inter. I don't see that he, he's going to move in there. Jack, we spoke about it a bit last week. Once being presented with a bit more information if I was to say going into today you would have had moving for money being number one in maybe Trippier's priority list, would you still believe that to be the case?
0: Yeah, because it's the, because of the team. Like, if he was living in London last time and he's now moving to Newcastle, like they're still going to have to move. He's still going to have to up, like uproot most of their lives. I, I've... Now that you've told me he's only on 100k, I still feel that you probably would have... <laughs> only 100 k. <100K. laughs> I know,
2: but when you look at... It's, hand- yeah, it's, no, hand- it's I United that have fucked us by saying, Pogba, you can have 500 grand. It's distorting that, everything in our minds. We're like, this, this isn't enough money. I hope
1: that goes through just because I'll feel quite vindicated. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Excellent shout
0: Because <laughs> when you think of United and the contract that they hand out, I could you would say 120 is probably the past score what you'd expect them to be on. And I would have thought that he would have been on like 180 or something like that to go to Newcastle. But I guess at the same time, you can't have the whole squad on... I don't know what they're on, but I imagine they're around like between 50 and 80k a week.
3: So, yeah, this makes Trippier And then the right back
2: comes in on 100 (laughs) grams.
0: Exactly, exactly. exactly. You you can't have Trippier on 100 grams a week more than everyone else in the squad.
3: (laughs) I I I think if one thing's for sure... The situation at Barcelona has shot a light on certain clubs is like certain clubs is attitude towards just thinking ahead when it comes to wage bills and what the ramifications of giving one player a certain amount is going to have like on the rest of the squad over time. Like giving Pogba that massive paycheck is only going to have like a correlating effect on the rest <laughs> of the squad and it, like, it brings the average up. So, well,
1: Luca, Luca, Luca Dini. Supposedly, when approached by Newcastle, his agent told them he'd be looking for around two hundred grand a week. So he's read <laughs> all of the Newcastle rumours and said, "I want me a big. I want me a piece of that pie." Christ! <laughs> Newcastle are refusing to do that, Um they're they're supposedly targeting the players who have between six and eighteen months left on their deal, so they can get a cut price. They're insisting that at least in the beginning, they aren't going to be bent over a barrel. Because it's going to set the precedent for that happening then moving forwards. Yeah. Um. I think it's, it's very they've done very well to get the price down for Trippier in the way that they have. Um. That maybe suggests to me that Atletico don't feel the offers are on the table that
2: were there maybe six months ago. I think that's a pretty typical case of clocks ticking, isn't it? Um. You know, he's got another six months of his contract. It, your value can diminish a little bit. We all probably thought it was a bit inflated what they were asking for from United in the yeah. summer, anyway. Bearing, his, bearing in mind his age and the details of it, just, just touching on you hit the wage thing. Imagine like the front of like a, a long staff or an armour going. I've heard Trippi is on 100 grand. Well go on, bump up my pay a bit? Yeah, you can do it. is I mean, the only one you're looking at. You yeah, word and say. Yeah, he's the only one who can offer the ultimatum.
1: Yeah, because I remember when the stories initially came out and it said um, it's convincing the likes of um, St. Maximin and Dubravka to give the club another chance. And yeah, what? Another thing i been fairly consistent with, Dubravka for me is one of the worst keepers in the Premier League. I, I don't know what Newcastle fans or any pundits, et cetera, see in that man. I think he is god-awful. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm not sure about him. Just looking at this... Supposedly at Newcastle as well, they felt that the first face that they do get for this kind of new regime was a very important one. Um, an England International, obviously, um, a guy who's got experience. The fact that he's coming from Atletico, I think, sends some kind of message. Maybe we haven't seen it because we're mostly seeing him uh, for England, but they see him as a vocal guy. He's got the experience, can immediately come in and kind of act like a leader in both the defense and attack with the way that he gets up the pitch and I guess they think even if they even if the wages turn out to be slightly inflated for two and a half years they're prepared to take that hit.
3: Do you think um obviously his recent appearance in the England squad again, obviously he's been away in Spain for some time and he's been away from a lot of the other players. Do you think there's any like proof of sort of the commodity he is? by how he was able to come straight, because straight back into that England squad um, and perform in the way that he did and be that sort of rock that he was. Because so I don't think...
1: The first two weeks of the summer debating Trent or Rhys James and then Trippier. Essentially. Yeah. So, well, I'm on minute, don't I, forget I, me.
3: I, I don't mm. think any of us had him had him in our start in eleven at all. I and f- then he was... I in my squad. One. Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't... that. Was, I, I just... Don't think that was necessarily a shot at him not performing in Spain. It was just more of a, well, he's not like a, he's not part, he's not in the picture anymore. Can we really see him just coming back and being able to integrate well in any way?
1: Is that a fair thing to say? I'd might cash in my squad to be fair, so <laughs> it need to be that trippy. Probably wouldn't have been a. Good the man more. has
2: literally changed nationalities now. <laughs> as, as bad as takes go. Um. The, uh, by the way, the, I thought the, the Dean parallel was an interesting one where I thought where you can say with Trippi about the money, I also think there is a certain degree to which I think Dean D- probably is the archetypal one where you go, okay, this club is in it for a lot of money. Ask a ridiculous amount from them. And If I don't, I know I've got other others on the table. I, I could get the charity low move, but probably not because they probably going to sell me or I've got Villa on the Milo. table. And there's, other, yeah, so there's, the Villa one looks the favourite now. So well, he has other options. A minute, so. With Trippier, yeah. we don't really know that. I think once he probably got a sense that, well, United aren't going for him again, I think Newcastle then becomes the best choice. Similar with, and I know you said we're going to t- touch on Coutinho, if Newcastle had been the main ones in for him and he didn't have a club of similar stature going in, then he would, he would have done that, I'm sure. But if you can get just a slightly better move... And even if it's slightly less money, I think a lot of players will. I don't think there's that many that will just go, fuck it, I'm just taking the money. It's potentially for a, a relegated team. How much stock do you think he's placing in being the first guy? Yeah, might be. Might be true. Um, he's now become the face of the new ownership. Feels, yeah, it feels weird, doesn't it? I don't I don't. It's not the... He I mean, will be so until so much
1: has been made of this of the first people
2: to sign for City or when it's not something I've really thought about previously. But but yeah, I mean, do you know who the first one was under that regime? We'll know the first blockbuster sign under this lot. So he's the first one until they get a big one. Really, people aren't going to look back on his cool. regime and go, "Remember when they signed Kira Trippier?" In the same way as when City signed Rabiotio, for example. Okay, this club's not fucking around. To We're never players, going to think of
1: it like that. I guess if we don't see Trippier as that kind of guy, I, I think...
2: Saying, do, do players look at it and go, oh, wow, that's I, a statement of intent. I well, don't, don't is, see that that's the case.
1: I, I don't... I think know, it's a sensible I, signing,
2: but not I'm a, just blow-your-weight one.
1: thinking on the spot. For me, I, I feel like Trippier would have taken more convincing than Coutinho would have to go to Newcastle. I think people would put more stock in Trippier going there that he's maybe going to have considered it more. He he had a better position that he was in at that time. And other players may say, OK, there's something serious being sold here. I can, I'll at least hear them out. Whereas I think a guy who's not playing, a guy who is being offered around to every other club, I don't think you'd take as much stock in that.
2: I think that would definitely be the case if we didn't know Trippier was desperate to get back to England. If we thought he's a happy setter than Atletico, they've obviously just won the league, they're a better team than Newcastle by far, a bigger club, and suddenly Newcastle sweep in, I think it looked, that's a bigger statement than if we already knew that Trippier has a foot out the door at Atletico, for want of a better term. Um, while we're saying... Uh... In the same way as when Michael Owen came back, he eventually was like, well, I just want to come back. He's made it clear he wanted to go to Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool weren't going to cough up the cash. It's like, right... Where can I go, Dad? Newcastle?
1: While well, we're talking about maybe him wanting to be the first, do you think it helps other players who perhaps don't want to be the first? that like, I want to see someone else in there before I make the jump.
2: Someone else take the bullet.
1: Yeah, just to know I'm not going to be stuck here at the end of the window on my own. I at least know there's multiple things going on. There's more than just you selling me a dream.
2: It's, it's definitely true. Players of a higher calibre will need to see a few through the door first won't they yeah so that's the like we, we've we said that they basically need to reconstruct the whole back four at least amongst other problems they've got yeah I've got a bit more so on that as they kind of get piece by piece you'll be able to convince higher players it's, it's you know we touched on the parallels of City they've had a similar story didn't they that they slowly had to convince the higher calibre players via players of this trippier sort of level really yeah so they say discussions
1: have been held as to what will happen in the possible event of a relegation in may um they're saying trippier determined to uh, ensure the team survives he is also determined to represent england at the world cup next november um so there's confidence from all involved they're going to start with the other players that they believe they'll sign but he has taken a gamble there depending on how high he does and um, prioritize being at the world cup for all we've said about you kind know, of the character there this is a guy that hasn't played consistently in a back four at club level since leaving Spurs. I mean, even when he's coming in for England, it's it's been in a back five. It's going to be interesting to see how he adapts to that because he's playing with worse defenders alongside him.
2: I was about to say, he hasn't played with teammates like this in a while, I was about to say. No. So it's,
1: it's, it's, it's a rough debut. He didn't know what he was letting himself in for before. He does now. You look at the other guys there, trying to sign Sven Botman been reported today that deal's fallen through completely um, I said Newcastle could up the offer to Lille again but it's not that they're not offering the uh, money that they're after, it's that they're not listening to the offers, they're categorically saying we're not selling this guy in January I thought this was doing, going to go doing to... a levy, well he went on a bit of a rampage on Instagram on Friday and this is just as far as um, of what footballers can do here but he was just on Instagram and he was liking all these pictures of himself being like mocked up at Newcastle shit. He was liking messages to him saying like, come to Newcastle and all of this. Usually that happens is because you're trying to force the way out. And mm. Lil, for a team that we're told is in financial ruin and they, they need to uh, get cash in, clearly the fact that they've qualified for the next round of the Champions League, um, they're trying to push on in the league. They're not prepared to sell him and they think they can get more money in summer. If anything, you think you get more money in January when you've got a Newcastle team here that effectively are saying, just tell us how much money you want. Um, the Diego Carlos deal, we don't really know what's going on with that. They've had a £30 million bid rejected, 28 years old uh, at Seville at the moment. Looks very rushed to me every time I've seen him. But as we keep saying, he's certainly better than what they have now.
2: As we said last week, they're uh, they're not shopping in Waitrose, are they?
1: No, the, uh, the other I'm guy um, they're can get. now looking at is um, Benoit Badiashile, who uh, I only know because he's one of the highest-touted prospects on football manager. Um, in fact, I've just signed him for my uh, Brighton team in 2025, <laughs> going to 2026. Um, but they've clearly identified the French League as an area that they want to be dipping their toe into. They've had success there previously. And you, you think, supposedly... They're hoping for at least six signings in this window and they want to spend at least £100 million. Um, It was easy to see how that would be put together with Trippier, Botman, Carlos, a midfielder and a striker. saying they want a centre-back and a striker through the door before Saturday's game of Watford because of how massive that is. But Blimey. Time's ticking and uh, when, when the rumours go to Chris Wood, I can't, see any reason. I can't see any reason Burnley are saying alright we'll help you out you're competing with us for relegation
2: no you, you don't want to spend through the nose on Chris Wood someone we're we going on a journey in their with their
1: someone <laughs> Alex very quickly muted so my money is, uh, <laughs> my money is there um,
3: I, I do I do apologise I do apologise
1: somebody walked into the room and I immediately told them to get out he's missed a week and now he's coming back and ruining another episode Jesus stomping around Todd
2: someone Cantwell. came in someone came in with another jar for him
1: on <laughs> Todd Cantwell another one they're being linked with Um I'm seeing, boy.
2: So I'm seeing some
1: Newcastle fans turn their nose up at some of these players yeah oh, I, I couldn't be higher on Todd Cantwell I, I, mean, I had him in my <laughs> uh, I had him on my squad for the Euros when we uh, when we did that I believe also tried to put Ryan Sesson on him so I was uh, drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, a bit. Now, that's, this is a guy, I can't believe. Uh, he had some personal issues, uh, supposedly, in his family. Um, got out of the Norwich team, and Dean Smith just does not seem to like him. But at the same time, they're doing the thing where they're not prepared to play the guy because they don't think he's good enough for, let's be honest, a garbage Norwich team. But at the same <laughs> time, you're saying, hang on a minute, it's a great talent. You're not having him cheap. Very confusing.
2: He's also out of contract think. in December, isn't he?
1: So what Sky is saying is they do have an option to extend it by another year. So if they can't right. sell him now, they will just extend it. Um, doing a United, um, they do that.
2: Um, the difference being, yeah, not going to be do. a Championship club. Yeah, it's just it's getting off the, the books mo- for the money where you can
1: My brother is not used to really being able to have any interest in the transfer window uh, as a Newcastle fan. He's messaging me almost daily saying like what's going on here do we, do, do we have any updates like I can't believe we haven't got a player for you yet um, the clock's ticking often to say that these things do take time and your other bids are rejected. it's not like they're not trying on Friday he really is
2: just- he really must be in a difficult spot if he's having to be taught down the transfer window ledge by you I know oh who no. tweeted this morning why haven't we signed anyone yet <laughs> <laughs> If you got taken over by the Saudis, dear Lord, you would be a nightmare.
1: I would would be. Um... (laughs) But but what I mean is we can see that they are trying. I mean, just on Friday alone, they were linked with about five players by legitimate sources that they weren't just kind of doing the usual. They're interested in scouts they're taking a look at. They're trying to make a decision on. I mean, they're offering Sean Longstaff to anyone that will take him. They're changing exchanging them like the, the, the free pen when you get life insurance on TV and they give you a parker alongside it. That's what Sean Longstaff is being. Everton seemed the only one stupid enough to buy some of these deals. So maybe see what you fancy there. I'm sure Richarlison will come for a bit of cash. Um, they're trying. It's just, we always hear about how difficult the window is in January and uh, that seems to be playing out that way.
2: Even more difficult when everyone knows you got a massive pot of gold on the other end. Yes, um, they changed it by I, I'm Football Manager now. I'll so be so you, broke you, if Chris Wood is does sign for them. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like winning the lottery and your first purchase is like a Rover. Like, you're <laughs> not have just pushing the boat out. I
1: did say my first purchase would be the Edge spinning belt from uh, <laughs> 2006 in WWE. The
2: thing I'll is, take that ahead of Sean Longstaff. I think when when you're putting. Your stock
1: into your livelihood into a permanently cropped Callum Wilson. <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing comparisons to Andy Carroll for Chris Wood. I mean, Chris Wood's had a better Premier League career than Andy Carroll's had to this point. But the fact that he's actually playing games, Chris Wood, you can see you can see from his perspective why it'd be a, why it be a nice move. I know you've always been an Ashley Barnes man, TK over Chris Wood, but
2: I don't even know what I'm supposed to miss. You prefer Ashley Barnes to Chris Wood. I probably couldn't sell them apart. That's how I check it. I sell see... them apart. That's about it. It's J. Rodriguez, see... man. Thank you.
1: I don't see much legitimacy in this rumour. Like, this this one
2: doesn't really make sense. Jackie's absolutely right about the Giroud one. That would have just been an absolute given, wouldn't it?
0: Perfect. It been... I could just see it now in my head working.
2: I could it's... see them not learning the lesson, spunking the money on Sebastian Aller at some point. Just going, you know what? Well, We're going to run there, it back. The other name they're linked with is Dom Solanke. I saw that. If if Eddie Howe gets the band back together, I'm gonna to be absolutely done. Jordan, i what are you up to, son? We're doing it again.
1: He's he's in court at the moment, beefing um Bournemouth about image rights. Christ. Yeah, he, he's uh, it's not going too well for him as it
2: stands. But we should cough up some of the fees for his lawyers, really. We probably owe both parties that. Do you, I mean you obviously remember this, but the summer where.
1: Arsenal were chasing Zaha, seemingly about halfway through, they said, you know what, the whole time we actually wanted Pepe. You see these transfer freaks talking about things like smoke screens as if teams actually uh, do this kind of thing. But at that point, Everton believed, OK, we're going to pressure Palace right down to the last few days of the window. They'll snap and we're going to get Zaha through the door. Deadline day, they finally realised Palace weren't joking and (laughs) they couldn't have Zaha. And so they chucked 40 million at Iwobi. Do you see a situation where, as the window ticks on, Newcastle standards may become less and less, and uh, they may chuck some kind of money about um, on on some uh, very awful players?
2: Uh, They're absolutely going to throw money at someone. If it comes down to the wire, they're they're going to chuck stupid money. Whether that be they go back in for Botman and go, look, can I interest you in like eighty million pounds or something crazy? They're going to do something mad if they. Bear in mind if they're talking about trying to get two bodies in before the game at the weekend, which it looks very unlikely. They're <laughs> they're not messing around. They're going to fuck up somewhere. I mean, the Sven one, the Sven Botman one for me makes
1: as much sense as it possibly could. I think you've got a guy who. All those plans. He's going to be, yeah, he's going to be at the back for you for about ten years, or you're going to net a profit on him. I like the thing of having like a ball player there, six foot four, got pace about him, composure, and then you put some maniac Brazilian next to him in Diego Carlos, and just say, you think this lad's not ready for the Premier League? He'll do the physical work for him. But if Leal aren't going to sell, Newcastle can't afford to hang about, can they? They've just got to get on with it.
2: Yeah, I mean. just to be honest, when, they, when the takeover took place and what they knew the position they were in in this January is coming up, you would hope they'd identified transfer targets and then had, you know, like a second tier if they didn't get the first lot and, and third tier and so on and so forth. But that is also common sense and planning which rarely go hand in hand with Newcastle or they, any football club actually.
1: Yeah, they've been trying to get um, the guy, his name escapes me, that um, does the transfers at Brighton um, in just the way that they wanted someone who I think they looked at Michael Amanalo. I don't know what happened there. I think they've acknowledged that the way Chelsea were able to spend money when they got their takeover is a lot different to the way that Newcastle are going to be able to spend money now and the kind of outlay that it would take. So I think they're trying to get someone sensible and have the idea that, look, if this guy knows how to spend a budget this small, he can't possibly go wrong with a budget of this size. But some of these teams... I don't know how the people at Newcastle are selling this project but I can't see that they're selling it well at all because to not be able to get members of staff through the door is crazy
2: yeah you shouldn't need too much encouraging to join it should you
1: Um, but just, just the way, suppose they're getting offers of hundreds of players constantly from agents saying look you'll be able to get my guy through the door and then they're approaching the clubs and the clubs are saying, what the hell are you talking about? This guy's not for sale. <laughs> he's, he's going nowhere. And it's just the agent's trying to get a quick buck. Um, but I don't know. Being a sports writer at the moment, writing about Newcastle must be the easiest job in the world because you can do something like Newcastle after a Aubameyang because he's unsettled at Arsenal. That's just, that takes no effort at all. There's no facts in it, and yet it still makes a perfectly believable story. Yeah, a
2: quote
1: in. I'd like to say I would avoid the rumours, but I wouldn't. I mean, I've got notifications on now for the Arsenal Twitter account to just share every story and just how bad it is. The, the Mail have put a headline out in the last um, hour saying Arsenal are determined to land Dusan Vlahovic this month despite having to stump up a total of 150 million. You click the article, and they've added up the wages for a five-year deal, the agent fees, the image rights, and a fifty-eight million transfer fee. It's these guys have a great job. That's uh, that's all I'll say. If Lahovic is listening, hopefully he wasn't watching ITV last night. Um, Let's move on to uh, Philip Coutinho. He flew into Birmingham today to complete the final stages of his loan move to Aston Villa. The Brazilian joined Barcelona from Liverpool back in 2018 and is the third most expensive player in the history of football. The thing we'll be debating here is: does this move say more about Villa's ambitions, the allure of the Premier League, or Coutinho's current ability as a player? If I kind of run you through the story as it happens, um, Coutinho supposedly filled with excitement as soon as uh, Steven Gerrard called him to say In all seriousness, he does have a club interested in him, um, and he wanted to bring him back to the Premier League with Aston Villa. Barcelona, of course, for about four, well, three and a half seasons now, have been desperately trying to get his 15 million a year salary off their books so they can stay under their league's salary cap, and now so they can uh, register Ferran Torres, who, even after getting Coutinho off the books, still wasn't freed up enough to get. Torres registered and MTC is having to take a pay cut.
2: By the way, great. Whatever pay cut he's taken, fantastic. The Blue can't play anymore and he just so, signed a contract till 2026. Yeah, yeah.
1: So he's cracked to say. it. Yeah. Um, Coutinho is with Villa till the end of the season when they'll have a bigger discussion then and Villa have an option to buy him in the sum of 33 million, although Coutinho would have to agree to stay in that instance. Uh, it's believed that Villa would play paying around two hundred grand a week to Coutinho, so about forty percent of his wages. Oh, uh, yeah, they obviously think they've got a great deal through the door. Gerard's influence on it has been huge, and from their perspective, this is part of the reason they got Gerard through the door. They want a guy who plays, who perhaps wouldn't have looked at Aston Villa before, are prepared to come and play because but they want to work with Steven Gerrard. Um, Gerard supposedly was patient with the deal. I feel like I said supposedly a lot today. Um, And had to be patient with it because the wage structure at Villa is what it is, but they've just blown that wide open (laughs) to get um, Pettino through the door. The Athletic, and I know that uh, Guillaume Ballet, who I'm not a particular fan of, have said similar. This wasn't a case of Barca were laying out demands. Barcelona was saying give us any offer you have to get this guy out of our club we will listen to anything you have to say and look we'll try and make something work <laughs> it's not like the whole the whole time Koeman tried making efforts effort several times to get Coutinho on his plans even just as far as last season but his performances didn't pick up he then got a knee injury he's not been able have to stay fit I thought this was quite damning when I read it. They say, not only has he lost his goal-scoring touch, but his confidence has also dipped. The silky-skilled player who left up the Premier League with Liverpool, convincing Barca to spend all that money on him, has looked a shadow of his old self. The former managers talking about issues with his self-belief, taking on players has become a struggle, and he's no longer creating chances regularly. Tactically, if we were to look, Gerard and we did this when he signed TK, he's very much in love with his 4-3-3 system. That he has. Um, the fullbacks do a lot of the work, and then his uh, wingers can kind of cut inside a bit more, which you think would suit Coutinho perfectly. At Barca, <laughs> they say he just doesn't have the physicality. He doesn't provide enough work off the ball. Xavi is turned to teenagers who hadn't even been playing for Barca's B team over Coutinho, who turns 30 in June. He's not played for Brazil since October 2020. <laughs> There's a lot adding up here to say this isn't a guy you should be giving 200 grand a week to but if you're
2: Villa are you calling this a free hit? It's absolutely a free hit isn't it? As much as Darren's cough up a fair bit in wages it's only to the end of the season you're not committed to anything if he does hit the ground running you've got a player on your hands if not you can just write him off I think it's a, it's a no-brainer for, probably a no-brainer for him as well to get some game time uh, i think yeah. it's a move that makes sense i don't think i think he he probably could work out to be honest i i don't think it's necessarily uh his career's over i don't think he's spoken about it before i don't think his attitude is gonna be bad i don't think he's off the game i think he probably is that his confidence is gone so if they can build it back up they've got a great player i, th-
0: I, think nice well, that- I was just, i was gonna say i think yeah. he'll, benefit, he'll benefit widely because When a top player goes to a top team, one, they have the kind of pressure, they added pressure to hit the ground running and get results straight away, but they were also playing against, if you go Mm. to a Man City, a Chelsea, a Liverpool, they're playing against like two banks of four, if not more sometimes, and they don't have a lot of space. So they have a bit of time on the board, not a lot of space to do it in. Whereas at Villa, they'll be seen as a team where you could try and go, the mid-table teams will go out and try and get a result against and he'll have a lot of space to work in, I think. and I think that could benefit him quite a lot. I wonder if he might benefit
2: from being the big fish in the small pond as well, in terms of, if you look at the most successful period of all his time, was at Liverpool. He's come in for like eight and a half million. Yeah. At a team that isn't that great and done a job. And then ever since, before, well, before and since, he hasn't been that guy. So I wonder if that's just part of his makeup. They're talking about his confidence. Maybe he needs to be sort of the main guy. It's worrying when the journalists that have been watching him, though,
1: are saying this isn't so much he, he looks shy on the pitch. It's that he looks like he can't do it. Like, these things, we, we've seen players before have confidence dips in that you don't recover from this. I mean, Jack's seen several at Chelsea. Once your confidence goes. Basically,
2: Bobby they have the nine on the back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tim, um, so I, the thing is, the, the
3: thing, the thing is, as well that is the Barcelona training pitch, and as, as, I mean, it, I get it, I, I, I can understand it. It may sound just really, I don't know, fragile and maybe even childish to a certain extent, but it, he's associated that entire place with the way his career's turned out. Almost certainly, getting him well, out like of you said, there, he, he getting him out the of. Line. Getting it, yeah, but uh, just getting him out of there into maybe some familiar environment in terms of getting somebody, who, Gerard, who can, who knows that they've got to put their arm around him in a positive way, to get anything out of them whatsoever. I just, it, it I don't want to say oh. bottle feed him, but I mean, it just, I don't think the treatment that he probably needs. He was never going to get a Barcelona from anyone, and he's not. And he was, and he wasn't going to get it at Bayern, He wasn't get it, going to get it from the Germans over at Bayern either. So I just
1: does anything. What that we've seen from Gerard suggest that he's the arm around type. I'd say he's far more of an Arteta type than he is a plot type. I, I don't see if he's thinking the place up for Gerard, I, I'm not sure Gerard's going to have the patience with it.
3: Yeah, that that's right. That I don't disagree. When he get if he gets to a certain point and he's not offering. Anything, then okay. But Gerald's had a prior relationship with this bloke, and I think he knows he knows the score going in. He knows the situation going in with this guy. It's not going to be like a signing somebody like like an Undumbele situation, for example. Like you've got a you, he, he was a bit he was a big he was a big sign in, and you expected him to come in and you expect him to perform. It's more of, you know that Coutinho's way off of it. He's not looking great. The stories about him aren't great. He knows that he's got a bit of a, I don't know, a father figure role to be played here rather than just a boss.
1: The, The last time that we were able to see any kind of productivity from Coutinho was in that season of Bayern Munich, when if you speak to half the people involved at Bayern, they'll tell you this move was a success from a marketing perspective from uh the way that he trended on socials and things like that. The move for Coutinho went against everything that, that Bayern do where they're very much substance over style or style over substance is, is a, a phrase I read today. And the, the thing they boast about most with him is that they've never had engagement like it from the announcement of him signing there. He did score 11 goals in 38 appearances across all competitions. But even by even by the end of that season, Kovac was talking about him and he's saying this is a guy who's so deep in his own head and with the way he plays, he can't afford to be that. There was never any indication that Bayern had an intention of keeping him. In fact, that he just kept the number 10 shirt warm and then Sané came straight in after. From Villa's perspective, I completely understand why you do it. That's a lot of money. I don't know if Villa are maybe trying to walk before they run. We're going to see two different ways of playing it. Villa are essentially doing what people are saying Newcastle should be doing. I guess we're going to see the two sides is how it works out. The plus point for Villa is they do have a better foundation to be able to work from.
2: I was going to say, uh, you know, is it huge sums of money? They're not paying obviously a transfer fee for this. They're going to pay what? Was it about four, four and a half million pounds in wages? Is that? Do you
1: think
2: that in the, with the
1: fact that he's getting about eighty grand plus more than anyone else at the club.
2: I don't think because show me anyone at the club who's basically been to Liverpool and Barcelona or whatever. I think they can look at him and kind of think this is a statement signing. I think, you know, the thing we were saying about the first one through the door at Newcastle, I think there is is kind of not quite blockbuster signing to this, but I think there is a feel for it. I think all he would have to do is get a couple of a couple of good games to start and we could be looking at something that could inspire this like this next generation that Villa are gonna go on. They obviously aren't. To answer your original question about what does it show, it obviously shows where Coutinho is falling. Because you don't end up Aston Villa if your career is anything like successful from where he's supposed to be going. But if he can use this as a chance to resurrect his career, I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's. I think it's different. If they'd signed him permanently, I think you could have problems yeah. in the squad yeah. where you're getting this big time Charlie, and it's not worth out. It it could end up looking like the. James Deal at Everton, where you're like, what the hell were they thinking here? Yeah. I think because of the loan and because those are high wages, but for now, at the end of the season, you've got, even if he's not world class, you could probably be just below world class for not a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of things. The only thing I would say is it's a bit of an odd one in their shoes, and that they obviously spent a decent chunk on Buendia in the summer. I was going about
1: uh, to take you I do wonder that. where
2: that leaves him. All the likes of, you know, Ramsey's just started coming through. Someone's going to end up missing out. They've not really been able to work out Watkins and Aenstein at the same time. So they do have tactical issues alongside this. It's not like it's uh, straight in. No, because you imagine
1: he's going to play in one of the wing positions. I can't imagine they're going to have him deeper next to John McGinn and give him that level of responsibility, particularly not until they've seen what his legs are like whether he has the effort and the application to get himself around the pitch constantly. Um, It'd be very interesting because you think he's going to be playing most games when you're giving that outlay for him. If you assume you're going to have to drop one of Ings or Watkins to get him in the team, if he doesn't deliver quickly, I don't think either of those guys are the type to keep their mouths shut internally. I I think they'll be a bit snappy with Gerard and say... You've taken me out. I can offer more than this guy can.
2: Yeah, yeah, potentially. But then I, I don't think he would... If Coutinho doesn't work out, I don't think he would hesitate to drop him, though, is the other thing.
1: Still got Leon Bailey to come in as well. He's actually missed more games than he's played currently.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, he started getting some fuss, didn't he? But he's, I mean, he's a good player, but just can't presumably can't stay fit. We haven't been able to see enough of it. So they've got a lot of competition there now, haven't they? Which is obviously good for them. I guess the promising thing for them should be that Gerard does know this guy, and if he did have doubts about him, I do wonder would he go in for him if he thought certainly personality wise that he was just gonna not bother and be a, a James Rodriguez type who just wouldn't try. Yeah. I think yeah. if he if Gerald had any inkling of that, I don't think he'd go near him. So I don't think he'd want that associated with his first big sign in the villa, really. So yeah, I think no, that should reaffirm some confidence in our minds for him.
1: He's got a segment in his autobiography where he speaks specifically about Coutinho and obviously it doesn't age too well, but he says this is guy, this is a guy who's going to go down with Liverpool folklore. He's one of the most talented guys that you've ever seen race the field at Anfield. Obviously, about six months later, he's joined Barcelona. <laughs> but you can't question the quality that you had. The, the question is whether the quality is still there. Um, I know some of the guys that I've been quoting are very sensationalist in their approach but when you have the guys that have been watching him closer than we have saying you know I know he's a name of course he is but Villa's probably this guy's level at the moment is Mm. that enough is is a guy who is in his level enough when you're Philip Pettino
2: no no absolutely not it is going to be interesting if you say about the thing about just being so far in his own head That is fascinating to me to see if you can kind of break out of that. Like you said, most of the time, once that happens, players are never really the same again. It's going to be interesting if he can sort of dig himself out of that hole. It'd be interesting to see what he can do.
1: He was offered to Liverpool and as far as the stories say, and I don't think this is a slight on Villa, he'd have taken a chance to go to Liverpool, Mane and Salah aren't there for the month and prove his worth there. Back at a place that he knows, I think, Klopp is one of, what, three managers in the world where you would go to whatever club they are just to play for that manager. you just mm. seen, and he's nowhere near the stature of Coutinho, but Maitland-Niles is talking about his move to Roma, and he said, look, I've got the chance to play for what's arguably the best manager in the world. I don't think any of us would say that now, but the case I'm making, Pep, Klopp, Jose, three managers who you move for, Conte is probably fourth on that list. Um, Liverpool obviously don't want him maybe he has a point to prove there I don't know any of us that are wishing bad on Coutinho I don't know anyone out there that is hoping he fails he's a guy who everyone enjoys watching play football Villa are enough of a club where I mean I'm going to touch wood here um, I would hope we're not competing with them for the same places this season maybe Coutinho kicks on Luka Dinho comes in <laughs> maybe we will be I don't know so that shouldn't influence my way of watching him play. I don't think Liverpool fans, uh, I don't know you can answer do Liverpool fans hold him in a bad regard or was it a case of that sometimes you do have to force a move through in
2: Barcelona's Barcelona? I think it's a lesson in if you win the divorce, you really don't care yeah. about really what they get up to much afterwards. It's when you feel like you've lost that you end up being a bit bitter. Probably helps that Salah comes in pretty quickly as well, doesn't it? this is it I mean we want it in every aspect got a yeah. crazy sum of money even when he was good you thought that's a big sum of money obviously use the if
1: they'd um, Just, if he played every game yeah
2: minutes. obviously we we would use any money wisely we win trophies he struggles it's kind of uh, pretty much the perfect divorce really 100, 108 million is
1: supposedly what's been paid so far by from Barcelona to Liverpool for Pertinia. Um, some of these clauses must have been nuts, by the way, <laughs> to get it up um, another thirty
2: plus million. Well, if you wanted an idea of where Barsa, I can't remember who it is they're playing, but they they're not playing him anymore because there's a clause that they have to pay an extra ten million and they can't actually afford that. So they've got one someone the
1: who was Coutinho in that in that circumstance. Um, yeah,
2: they've got they've got I can't remember who it is, but they've got a guy literally he's, he's one appearance away from that. It's ten million. It's not even a huge sum of money as far as football goes, and they're just yeah, we're not playing you then. <laughs> Mad. What no, club.
1: No, no, football manager, where they say like they want three million after fifty appearances, and even I'm like, you better put in a performance here. If I'm forking this out for you, Barcelona just. Yeah, just but that is talk,
2: they're, they're talking about like Haaland, whilst trying to get some change from oh, no, on the sofa no. to be able to pay it, play these players.
1: Can't get my head if, around it. If um, I do, I do the usual. I mean, if if you've got to put your house on the one side. Coutinho plays what a panel of judges would say he's playing well and on the other side playing poorly which which side would, would your money be on?
2: No, I'm backing him I'm going with it it's heart overhead, I think but I'm backing him
1: What do you think Jack? You've been stung here before I mean you're the club that brought in Alexander Pato um, if anyone <laughs> was uh, still prepared and Falcao after seeing what he'd done at United
2: Ricardo Carresma. <laughs>
0: I, yeah. I, I can't remember the last deal. No, I can't. That's an absolute lie. The only, <laughs> the, the only good deal, the only good January loan deal that I can really remember, is Jesse Lingard last season. I can't think of mm. any other. Martin <laughs> Odegaard last season. It's not. I wouldn't class. I wouldn't say he was amazing. You'd
1: be harsh there in that case. But no, I, he wasn't. He wasn't amazing. He, he was a success. He was a successful January signing. Yes, yeah,
0: it's, it's successful, but I'm not saying one that comes in and everyone stands up. The oh up. my god yeah lit the league up.
1: I think up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's a brilliant signing for both I think what we said earlier about him being a bigger fish in this pond the relationship with Jared, I think I'll know how to get the best out of him being his captain I imagine it's quite transferable skills into being his manager so hopefully you would say that Gerald knows what, how to get the best out of him so yeah I think like you alluded to earlier about being a free hit I can't see too much to go wrong with it if he's great brilliant if he's not don't sign him um, they
1: they say that Coutinho did have other offers on the table um, I think the other Premier League clubs went away pretty quickly and I was a bit cautious when they were saying like six Premier League clubs they're interested in it was a bit like I, I struggled to believe that suddenly the interest went from nothing to exploding like that where he's, he, he's got this pick of the bunch um, I guess as far as this window goes, would you say this is about as good as Coutinho could have hoped for? It's not a Newcastle, yeah. which has got to be a plus for him, <laughs> yeah. It's not a Barcelona, which is a plus for him. This is, yeah. uh, there's, no ex- there would, there's not the same level of expectation as there would be at, if he was at Newcastle, which I think you've alluded to, particularly.
0: He'd be expected to do it all, wouldn't he? I
1: mean, yeah,
0: even some maximum, whereas here he can fit into yeah. a, a team of decent players, and he can just play around them and make them better, whereas at Newcastle he would be expected, but if he picks up the ball on the halfway line and you look at the strikers that you've got in Joe Linton and then you look at the McField of the Longstaffs and John Joe Shelby, I don't, think he's, I don't think he's going to be able to do much with that, whereas but his team is a decent team, and I think he, this just adds to it, I think they made some great acquisitions I think Martinez in goal is brilliant, and I think their forward talent they've replaced Green. He, he's, he's on his
1: stock he, he's trading off that at the moment he's had some howlers lately and he gets away with it because he has some big moments I mean I think he's been a bit bitter, <laughs> <Not> bitter
0: <laughs> that, was, I mean, that doesn't sound like we, him we, I, I think we you're got, looking got out we for
1: we the, got the back out of
0: it and we, we got a good fee for him which Villa's
2: is, keeper doesn't just do it for the cameras that's the difference
0: Yeah,
2: I, uh, he's, just, he's not doing much for the cameras
0: I, I think there's a lot to be positive if you're a Villa fan, you look at that the way it's shaping out there and you think there's a lot to be positive with and I think it, the Coutinho move can be a, a really good one if it should
1: a bigger worry be if they're publicly paying Coutinho this much money we've just heard about what Luca is asked for from Newcastle oh, any worries he's got them over a barrel?
2: I mean, you, you've got to be drawing enough a line clubs, there,
1: haven't you? Enough clubs have been put off the Villa seem to have a straight run at Luka Dina now. When for the money, Everton Everton are, are looking to get that less than what they paid for. It. There's something in that move that is putting a lot of teams off. If Chelsea aren't biting, there is something in that move that is putting other teams off. <laughs> I don't want you to say that like as a joke. Like no, this I, one, I... When the news first broke, we said how Much money to Chelsea out that they can chuck money at a reserve left back. There's something that's happened, they're not getting Palmieri back, it seems, that's put them off going for Luca And I don't know what it is. And
0: I that, that's the
1: rumours coming out are worrying,
0: it's exactly right. I think I thought exactly that. But why aren't we going for them? We're gonna have chill out for what looks like a year, um, yeah, season plus in there. <laughs> Yeah, because they, they didn't get his um, surgery done straight away because they thought they are going to try and let it heal naturally. Yeah. It didn't. Had his surgery, what, two weeks ago, and it's 12 months from last week. So January next year, 2023, he'll be back. Probably missed the World Cup. Jeez. So been... I think... What's
1: oh, that you go? For those that have played football manager, when you accidentally have the uh, match-highest earner clause on, this is like what is happening with Coutinho coming in there. Suddenly the it's... wage structure... It's just done out here. It is just <laughs> the other players coming in are going to be leeches.
2: They will be if it's Luca Dean. Christ alive, mm. gotta draw a line somewhere.
0: But yeah, I thought that this would be perfect because he's decent enough that you can rotate him with Alonso and give Alonso less game time. Um, yeah, when you, when you said Dean, I thought this is he's
2: going Chelsea. I thought yeah, it's a done yeah. deal for sure. But,
0: but then you look at it and you think he's not. Good enough to kind of you can face <laughs> yes, We were so calling
1: out. him a top three left back in the league last season. At the start of last season, or at least probably um, right up until Shaw had a good um, Euros, mm. we were talking about Dinja as being a top three left back in the league.
0: I don't think that's so much Dean being brilliant, is that there aren't really a lot of. But I mean, of it's <laughs>
1: not <news> suddenly for... <laughs> that you're looking at him at Chelsea and he should be competing with Marcus Alonso. Yeah, stock I, hasn't gone that bad. So no,
0: no. What I'm saying is, when the Chilwell comes back,
1: he's not playing ahead of him. Exactly, no. and he's not. But that doesn't
0: to Chelsea. Yeah, so I don't get why we're not going for him, but I imagine it's because of his ridiculous wage demands. We're not. I going think
2: to... the Chelsea wanted a loan. Am I not right in saying? I think. Whereas I think Rafa has gone now. Nah, we're selling this bloke. Yeah, he's going. Trash, yeah.
0: It's funny, isn't but, it? Because you, 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 I just can't believe they haven't got rid of Rafa yet. I just <laughs> well, ridden,
2: the fact that yeah. they're going to get rid of one of their better players in favour of Rafa indicates he's going. You know what? We're going to stick with Rafa. Yeah, exactly. Which I can't get my head around. No, I don't I. think the
1: optics allow them to bin Rafa now. I think they they've made their bed and they're having to ride it out.
2: But what are these fans going to have to do? They're going to have to turn up with pitchforks. So and don't understand. It's not looking I, good.
1: No, I, I think. Um,
2: I'm worried for the man's good. health.
1: It's just a having, case of once once they've got rid of Rafa, what what can, what can you do next? They have abolished like, the structure at the top of the club. They then abolished the manager and the, and the and the best player, not the best think, player, but one of their top players. It's
0: it's crazy, isn't it? Because like to have when I watched was at the Everton Chelsea game, to have that entire stadium chanting "fat Spanish wage" right here, and that will happen <laughs> that will happen not only at Stamford Bridge, but that will probably happen at Old Trafford as well.
1: Part of the issue is the guy that would make the decision to have him sacked has been sacked. And this is an <laughs> issue with Arteta at Arsenal. We um, are now relying on board members that would traditionally be very hands-off, happy to come together and make a decision. And either they don't care, or these guys don't want the blood on their hands and have to be the ones to chop it up. So there's a lot of them looking at a and saying, this guy's got plenty of experience, this guy knows what he's doing. We should trust his judgment here. If he tells us he's got it under control, he's got it under control. It's it's a tricky one. With Coutinho, Jack, um, if I asked you who was going to have a better second half of the season, Coutinho or Buendia at Villa?
0: I'm probably going to have to say Coutinho because I reckon Coutinho, Coutinho can operate at Buendia's level without really having to try too hard and he can take it up a notch. Whereas Buendia, for all of the... Kind of Ferrari around him. He hasn't really delivered
1: anything. No, he's, he's been very bad. Um, and I did see Arsenal fans um, twerking for him in the transfer window, which I won't forget. Um, <laughs> if I had, if I asked you the same question that we started this topic with, Jack, um, and does this move tell you more about Villa's ambitions, the allure of the Premier League, or Coutinho's current ability? Which would you uh, single it down to?
0: See, this is the, when you asked that question. I said it's pretty much indicative of all of those, a bit of everything in one.
1: If you do a million pound drop, and you've got to put more of your money in uh, one of those. I places. think it's.
0: I'll, I'll say Villa's ambition because Villa. So, I like that. In, in in previous years, they wouldn't have gone for this. I know they're kind of fresh off the back of getting hundred mil for Grealish, but they got these. If you, if you told Villa fans. In the summer, that you'll sell Greenwich for 100 mil and he'll be on the bench every week for City and you get Coutinho in return. I think they'd be pretty happy with it.
1: Yeah, the owners are, oh, we, we do forget, <laughs> they are very
0: rich. Yeah, that is true. They're one of the, they're, yeah, they're aren't the they third richest
1: Chelsea, City, Newcastle, it's like,
0: mm.
1: I think the owner's wealth would equate to them being higher up, but there's something about their own buy, like the company, there's some weird thing around it. Um, mm. Alex, same question
3: um uh i want to say that we might get a little bit of a spark out of um that coutinho that's
0: not the question <laughs> someone else been listening
1: does the move
3: i mean you can, like it, it question, you can say <laughs> it doesn't answer the question
1: the allure of the premier league or coutinho's ability Sometimes tonight ideally uh,
3: I, it's tricky because it, it's tricky Jeez. because it's not i i still reckon i still reckon it's <laughs> the, the the player that he is, the player that he is, and the background so you that he's come to, from. Would you are, like, <laughs> it, like Brazilian players have got a track record of eventually wanting to get back home, going back to Brazil. I, I don't think, I don't think it's the allure of the Premier League that's getting him back. Maybe it's just one last nostalgic hope that he could maybe I don't know reignite maybe he's got somebody in his ear saying that go back to the Premier League it'll be like the old days you'll get your legs back we'll see what happens I for all my backing of him earlier in the episode I do think it's going to be a bit of a nothing signing like when Chelsea signed Alexander Pato that's quite a term Um, and and I reckon. Uh, well, I was you just talking. Know, about, I, was, I, was, I was trying. I was just trying to. Open, nice I was the, I was trying to. I was trying to open the floor to discuss, like the the sporting, the the sport, sport, the the sporting psychological side of things. In terms of, you know, all it takes is the right formula to get his mental side back on track, and we might have a player there. Um, but I just going off. That seems to be a harder and harder thing to pull off in the modern world of football. It's just so time constraints, fans of fans are more ruthless. The whole game's just more cutthroat and ruthless. So that sort of that nurturing environment, I don't think that's there anymore. Um so, but I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying no, no, it's no, no. but You still haven't answered the question. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just sort of saying like I, I, it's not I think we
2: still I think he thinks it's going to be a disaster I think we got that it doesn't answer the question but I think we got that bit I'll
3: go I'll go with the pull of the Premier League on not on the basis of it's the Premier League and it's the best league in the world for me what I was trying to say was it's more of a he it's that nostal that hope of and a nostalgic return to form it's not it's not that it's just the Premier League if that makes sense
1: well, I agree with you, Jack, for what it's worth. I, I think Miller are uh, trying to go out to make a statement here, and uh, they're giving Coutinho the platform to try and do so. Anyway, then, in closing, before we get to the NFL, um, how should the Carabao Cup semi-finalists be looking at the competition? Um, unfortunately for Spurs, they're already 2-0 down in this competition, um, but I think the question still does apply. Um I guess we'll find out a lot about how Spurs are viewing this competition with how seriously they take the second leg and when they believe they can fight back from 2 0 down. It was quite unfortunate, Jack. And um, I imagine you'll feel the same. In, I really felt there was an opportunity for you to put it that Spurs couldn't possibly believe they had a hope in the second leg. Yeah. And you just gave them that slight feeling of, well, if we pull one back early.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. It was. Basically, how we looked at the start of the season, where we dominated the entire game, we looked really, really positive, but we just couldn't finish our dinner. We just looked completely toothless up front. Um, I, As much as we dominated that game, it took two own goals, really, for us to win it 2-0. Yeah. Tuchel yeah. was worried about away goals. Say <laughs> it again?
1: Tuchel was worried about away goals. if think it's in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. We do this season, do we?
0: No, they don't Don't even have that in the Champions League, do they? No. Um, sure. But, yeah, I mean, the one goal we've got, I mean, it was probably on target, so it may have gone in, but the second one was just a complete fluke. And I, but I do think that when it was out experimental from Tuchel with a new formation, I thought, he controlled that game and really stunned Conte. He had no idea what was going on, because to be playing with three at the back, with wing-backs all season, to then go to the... It was a really odd thing, wasn't it? It was four-two-two-two, two, two. And then when we didn't have the ball, Ziyech filled in as a right-wing back and went to five at the back to counter them. And I thought it was just so ingenious. I think Concev's got wise to it in the second half and it was a bit more balanced. We didn't look so dominant. But you're right, for all of that dominance that we had and how well we played and how abject Spurs were, if they get an early goal, if they get a goal in the first 10 minutes or the first 15, it... In their place, that's a completely different proposition.
1: Ziyech is a dud, isn't he? It?
0: It's it's frustrating because he's shit nine times out of ten and then they'll do something completely brilliant. They played Werner through with a great kind of ball that just split their whole team in half.
1: That ball Werner. was a joke. Yeah, honestly, yeah. He's, he's dreadful.
0: And then Werner did a Werner. And um he has brilliance and brilliant games, but he tries... He's up by Morocco for the African. I find that insane. I'm happy. Bloody hell! I find that insane.
1: How many? Of the... I, saw a, I saw a tweet saying there was the thing with Iron Robin, where you know he was, you knew what he was going to do, but you couldn't stop it. In this case, yeah. you know what ZH is going to do, and you absolutely can stop it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what people yeah. thought
2: they would do to Robin. They thought, oh, you just put him on his right foot, and no one could. Yeah. If no, I it...
1: if I give you how I think each of these should be looking at it, and you can tell me if you agree or not. I think it's fairly easy to split in two. I think Liverpool and Chelsea, you're not going to win the league. This isn't going to affect Europe. You may as well put your eggs in this basket and have a trophy at least um, to a picture with and your manager to gloat about. I don't think it's really going to stop either of you to take uh, taking lumps out of each other either. Um, Arsenal and Spurs, you're not winning anything else. So take this trophy if you can get it um, you go all in and uh, hope for the best
0: yeah I think now you get to the semi-final stage it kind exactly. of exactly it kind of like you're here now you might as well put you all into it um, and the fact you're a that,
2: syndrome, that is the,
0: the fact that you've got yes. Arsenal Spurs in Liverpool and Chelsea in it in the, in the last four it kind of again makes it more special because it's a big final no matter who gets through and whereas if you had, say, I don't know, like two championship teams in the other semi-final, then it's like, well, this is the real final and it's kind of pointless playing the final.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, whereas It because... must be nice
1: that you got to play your first leg as well. That again? It must be <laughs> nice that you got to play your first leg as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah. all these false positives, Without, they with, must with, be a real pain, I especially know. when you get four of them.
0: Yeah, four false <laughs> positives. I, I can't believe that. I can't believe they've gotten away with it as well.
1: Uh, it's 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 shamble. The the only thing worse than the way they've maneuvered this, one Arsenal's performance yesterday. <laughs> Two. The Liverpool fans that have taken this as a kind of look how big of a team we are, everyone hates us. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we hated you regardless bloating <laughs> about we've got the rest of the league rattled. we had our game called off yeah you know I mean you, you, the you, piss boilers you got, you, you've got games called off because you've lost your two best players to draft from Cup of Nations and you're trying to delay these as much as
2: you can but is it though because we've still got to play them I even mean, when they're still gone so I don't if it was you know I'm, they're back a week later I would, I would buy into that theory but I'd have respected it a lot more if you didn't play your FA Cup game but there was it's, no way you weren't going to play
1: the FA Cup game.
2: You were shook. But, I mean, yeah, it's even that saw, we're, obviously we sc- for we're obviously scared of Arsenal. <laughs> it's the other alternative. <laughs> you saw that
1: 45 minutes against Man City. And they said, Jesus, sweet Jesus, we don't want any Get this of game called <laughs> to the Get us back to f And then what happened was, you gave Jacques a chance to go out. He gets COVID. And now, look what's going to happen. Spurs are going to beat us at
0: the weekend. They're going to get top four. I do, I do feel that... It is it, all on us, I'm sorry. Where, what, what I find interesting is when it benefits Liverpool, they'll put out 18-year-olds, because oh, a, couple ago, a couple of years ago in the Club World Cup, when they were all over there, in the, the Villa game in the Carabao Cup, they put out, like, just kids, literal children, and no one, they just accepted so the way, it.
1: So the way they got around it is essentially um, for the Carabao Cup, it goes by registered players in the league and players who've played in the Cup. And so they claimed they didn't have enough players available from that selection. In the FA Cup, essentially, anyone that is at your club can play in the tournament. So right. they don't need to do it. So that's why Villa could be forced out, United to winning, Um So that's how they got around it. I mean, it I have seen the... List.
2: The club world cup comparison I've seen used a bit, Obviously, obviously ignores the fact we were in a different country for one game whilst another game's going on. That yeah, does I seem know. problematic. But to be fair, I too am confused why we didn't use a future dated pandemic as an excuse that time either. But <laughs> we didn't, I don't know what we were thinking. No,
0: what well, I'm I saying, tell you, I tell you it. the opinion
1: of all Arsenal fans,
2: we thought we were going to get a win out of here, and so yeah, I mean, that is that is the other side to this is that essentially. It isn't about the sort of the integrity of the fixture or whatever. It's just this was an opportunity, which I absolutely understand. And Liverpool what? should have played the game. By way. But yeah, that, that's, let, yeah, let's call it what it is. You thought we've got a chance here and we'll have less of a chance whenever this game takes place, which I'm not sure is true because just to really, really boil the piss, I could see him putting a half team out, which would really, really think, why the hell did you delay this thing?
1: The other part of it is it, it has screwed us over in the. We now have more games piling up right around the games in which we didn't want to have games piling up. So it's made a, it's made a rough month worse and uh, could
2: have done without that, to be honest. But uh, In fairness, Luke, you got yourselves out of the cup, so that's freed <laughs> up a bit of congestion.
1: <laughs> no, I saw some Arsenal fans saying that yesterday. And I don't really agree with that anyway because that was the excuse last season of building a shit side against Southampton to get the Europa League. And um, clearly we saw that ended up. <laughs>
2: I I really did wish you were going to come on in straight face and go. Well, look, I've never really cared about the FA Cup anyway. I did yeah, hope you no, were going to go I, with that. I was
1: I I was uh, I was pretty infuriated yesterday as well, but not at the stage of shouting at the TV, but at the stage of like just shaking my head and shrugging my shoulders. But you just kind of look at the TV after your eyes almost go a bit blurry because you can't bother to focus them, and then the plans pop up in the news where they're just as irritating on there so it, it was just a, it was a rough afternoon i mean when i'm getting a text from uh, my uncle saying uh, that this lad's good and it's about grabbing we, so <laughs> we, we we don't want him coming on i thought this probably just sums up the way the game's going i <laughs> have to read afterwards about eddie and ketty getting down contract uh, Arsenal. I don't know. That's not the other way around. Price to life. I do think it makes the Carabao about fixture congestion. If you're going to talk about that, I think we have a choice to make as to whether we think, with the squad that we have at the moment, we can beat Spurs with the players being slightly more tired because we're calling that almost like a six-pointer at the weekend. When it comes, that's to a huge game. Huge. I mean, after all I've said, I mean, I do think we should be pushing for a postponement, to be quite honest. Um, unfortunately, that won't be the case because you've just seen 11 players on Saturday that can be playing when eight of them really shouldn't be anywhere near the pitch. But, <laughs> but Charlie Patino and La are uh, the Spurs ground. It is on that extra five-week Spurs out on the training ground.
2: Get That's it, world. Rip, honestly. <laughs> He's got his ducks lined up ready for a loss here.
1: Well, we, we we take the draw there and then we bank on uh, the fixtures getting to Spurs.
2: You bank on Spurs doing a Spurs.
1: Well, look, I mean, if I'd seen any other game other than the Liverpool one, I might have some confidence to it. But I feel like the style of football that we try and play is about <laughs> as perfect as you could hope for for the football that Conte is going to try and play. I'm still waiting, by the way, for Sun. To suddenly be fit for the game because that's usually the way things work out with his injuries. <laughs> but TK, do you not think you're not winning the league this season? I think we've ascertained that. Does it not make sense for Klopp to just try and get another trophy on the board?
2: Yeah, I think so. Maybe for uh, you've summarised the, the sort of the four teams' motives pretty well there. And, and Jack was right that once you've got to this stage of the competition, you may as well go for it. On you, you got three games here. You may as well try and get, a, like us say, a trophy in the cabinet. Particularly as it's far from guaranteed. Of what else you could get, if you get a a bad draw in the FA Cup, to get one of the other big teams. If you obviously, it's far from guaranteed you're going to do anything in the Champions League. So, this is definitely your best bet. Uh, I mean, it's hard to call with the Liverpool Arsenal one because you don't know what he is going to do. I, I do see him. Putting out some of the lads who have played in this I cup, think, run. I think we will field, a similar team to Saturday now, though, so it's
1: not, it's not quite the same. Mm, yeah, fair like, point. But we, I think, really gone strong if it was last Thursday. I was expecting a full strength team.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, as you said, uh, on the flip side, you going out of the FA Cup is going to concentrate our tatters' mind, isn't it? Because the FA Cup has traditionally tended to get him out of a hole. So. He should go all in for this because, you're, as you said, you're not going to have much more going on this season. In terms of the, the other game, I mean, Spurs are, are just about done. They, I'm always excited for a Chelsea Spurs game until I watch a Chelsea Spurs game, and then I, I just remember, I just remember how much Chelsea own this club, and it's just, it's almost <laughs> sickening. Honestly, it's it's bullying at best. It's an abusive relationship at worst. <laughs> If oh, he's win Wednesday, I'll be rooting against Arsenal Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want them in the final, do you? You don't want anyone. No, I, I
1: don't because it's the the North London derby at home in the last two years has probably been my, my best day of the year. Like Those enjoyment levels can't be reached. But the thought of having it be a cup final on top of that, now, if Spurs are going to win a cup, I'd rather us have nothing to do with it. Like I say, it's only the Carabao Cup. What the hell are you talking about?
2: <laughs> Which is the inevitable. Whenever they do eventually win a trophy is the inevitable. I saw, a,
1: shit. I saw a Spurs account yesterday saying winning in the FA Cup isn't for everyone.
2: I, I was baffled by players. this.
1: <laughs> the record holders of the cup and then a player who's never won a trophy, let alone an FA Cup.
2: <laughs> I did think they were setting themselves up for a fall here. I wasn't quite sure what angle they were going for.
1: There's also fans that, I mean, maybe quite rightfully believe you could put it down to the kit yesterday as to why we lost. Very spursy, we've got to say, in that performance.
2: And you did bring a knife to a gunfight.
1: Yeah. I Is that inappropriate? Said, uh, no, nice. I, said I, wanted, I said I wanted blood during the game, and certainly after it yesterday, so...
2: And uh, fours we did wear a red... Forrest did wear a red kit, which means they actively support knife <laughs> So the bad guys did win yesterday. They
1: definitely did.
2: I, um, really I, I, thought, I,
3: I thought you were going to go down the route of uh, using the old United trick of the grey kit incident then.
1: No, well, no I, I'm not so I, I don't look for excuses when Arsenal lives. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think um, if we... Uh, Bid you farewell. Me and TK will talk a bit of NFL and then uh, we'll get to the football. So uh, you Sounds... can uh, carry on snoozing, Asia. <laughs>
2: yeah. All right. Cheers.
1: Cheers, yes, boys. All right, TK, on to the NFL. When we've covered it previously this season, I'd say something is unfair to say we've been quite general in what we've done. We've been looking far ahead. This week, we're only going to look at as far as the weekend, really. Um, the way the playoff picture looks, it it really could go either way in some of these games, and uh, if we just look at the matchups that we do have guaranteed, and then uh, we can look uh, a bit further forward as the weeks progress. If we start with the NFC matchups, Eagles and the Bucks. Uh, both of us being Packers fans, um, I'm sure we'd both be more than happy if the Eagles were to uh, pick up a victory on Sunday. I think eight and, eight
2: and a half is the spread, I think, on this one.
1: Um, Vegas certainly isn't expecting this to be a close one.
2: No, it's it's a funny one as well. The, the NFC is great in terms of, I think you can make a case for any of those teams putting a run together, but probably the hardest would be the Eagles to see that. I'd say everyone bar the Eagles, I'm not sure you can really make a case for. The, the one thing I, I do like about them, they know what they are, they run the ball. Jalen Hurts doesn't have to do too much um so they they could potentially get the bucks out let's face it if you look at some of the weeks of this season when the bucks have been bad they've been pretty spectacularly bad yeah so the, the eagles could we'll look at it and hope they can just run all over them but as we saw from last year with um, with pretty much any brady team when it comes time to switch on they do seem to be able to switch on so i think of all the teams they could have got they probably would have picked the eagles
1: You know, I I was looking at the stats um, and the kind of breakdowns of uh, these games. And as you just said there, the the Eagles, more than anyone, do know what they are. Their offensive line is probably their strongest asset. They ran for more yards than anyone because of that. And then once they get that going, they have the option for um, Jalen Hurts to to go deep or just to mix it up somewhat and... uh, be catching them off guard more than they perhaps should be because of they're so scared about them uh, running through them. Jalen Hurts takes longer than any other quarterback in the league to get his throws off. And you'd imagine if your game planning is the Bucks, that's going to be the thing you're going to go for. The average is three seconds to get the ball and throw it. Which obviously doesn't sound like a lot but like you do break it down. If you look at anyone really longer than two seconds you're starting to look at it and think it's taking a a while with it here Um, I'm a Jalen Hurts guy, I'm a fan of him seeing Obama and then uh, I appreciated that he realised it wasn't going to work for him there so he went elsewhere and, uh, and made a point but it does just feel that as much as the Chiefs are, when I've seen the Bucks lose this season, you almost don't read too much into it, you just think as long as they get into the playoffs
2: Think about everything else later, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit like LeBron teams getting into the playoffs in the NBA for years, isn't it? It's like don't matter how they get there, just get them in, and they will figure it out there. The uh, if they, yeah, if they were against anyone else, you know, the, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Rams on their day, you'd, you'd go they'd give the Bucks some trouble. I, I just don't know if the Eagles have that. No, the, the the Bucks
1: have won every game at home, bar one. They've got Tom Brady, what, against the Jets two weeks ago, showed that he's still capable of having the big moments, the big drives at the right times. Um, multiple all-pro offensive linemen in there. Gronk back and healthy. they the best tight end ever to have as a weapon there. Mike Evans at receiver, they just look stacked in just about every position. So I think part of it is, It must be something when you're going up against Brady in the playoffs. As much as you can be confident in your interviews and say that we believe we can do this, we've got that to beat them, there's just some added pressure of knowing you're going up against him because every mistake must feel like it's going to be punished.
2: I don't think there's many things in sport currently that could psych you out much more than that. I think as an opposition quarterback against him, especially a young one, that must be a, a lonely place to be.
1: Especially if you like the tune he puts on his Instagram pre-game as well.
2: You would have to block him, wouldn't you? Because as (laughs) soon as you saw him drop in like many men on that, you'd be like, "Okay, it's done. It's done.
1: I I think we've said um, every time as well that it's quite irritating how likeable he does appear to be these days as well. Um, His social media is great. and I mean, I want to hate him. I will do if um, and when. He I'm very up, good at uh, hating him during this. the game, so
2: it's fine. I have yeah. no concerns about that.
1: But before I have to, it's going to be very rough. Um, 49ers knocked through yesterday, and the reward for that is a game against the number three seeded Dallas Cowboys. Um, this is the uh, 9.25 game for us on Sunday, so I think the games have panned out quite well as to the ones that we'll likely miss because of them being late um, Sunday and late Monday our time. In fact, I I don't think we could have picked them much better if we'd had a choice in that we'll miss uh, Steelers, Chiefs and Cardinals, Rams.
2: Cardinals, Rams is fun. I like that.
1: It is, but I also...
2: I'd miss the, the Bengals I, and the Raiders over that. I I don't mind that. Maybe well, the Bills I'm and Patriots are this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Patriots haven't looked too great since we weren't big on them last time we uh, spoke about um, the NFL, unfortunately. But I, I, I think these have potential to be fun games. Um, the Steelers-Chiefs one, I'm just glad that isn't like a 9.30 on Saturday night or something. Um, you can keep that one out of our sight and we uh, will worry about it once they've got past them.
2: I mean, a man is going to be murdered. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> a legend of the game is going to have his final resting place. Ooh, right. now.
1: Um, Sunday, ha- almost half time. 49ers go 17-0 down in Los Angeles and then come back to win 27-24 in overtime. The Cowboys, obviously... When they've looked good, they've looked good. Whereas well, as you said, when they look bad, they look bad. I don't know about you here.
2: I'm taking
1: the Cowboys in this matchup.
2: Yeah, it's it feels... Yeah, I mean, of a, of a league that's basically been hot and cold all year, outside of, really, the Packers have been the consistent team. Outside that, everyone's been very hot and very cold in their different sort of streaks that they've gone on. And the Cowboys, I remember at one point, I was thinking it as good as anyone. Because defensively they're great and then Zeke looked like he was cut back to his best I don't think he looks back to his best now I think he's looking like the Zeke of the last couple of years again now as a result that puts more pressure on Dak who I think is good but not that good and so they're basically relying on being defensively good I I think if the Niners just look go with we know what we are here don't trust whoever is at quarterback too much uh, I think they can get the job done I think I that's that, the issue though
1: I, I don't think they know that the best way to victory is to keep the ball out of Jimmy G's hands.
2: I, I think if that, if that game didn't crystallise it, though, I don't know what will. Uh, because you their success that was... late is going to give them even worse. Give them some false confidence. Maybe. They, they are in a tricky spot with him where... Because there's so much base, better running the ball than they, yeah, have, than they are. And, and the way that Shanahan's team is looking like when they were running it at times like that minus team that did go to the Super Bowl where they were just cutting through like the Rams had no answer I'm um, sorry the, yeah the Rams had no answer yeah. bearing in mind obviously some of the personnel they've got that's kind of crazy um, yeah they, they are in a tricky spot with Jimmy G where you can't just throw him out for Trey Lance who's obviously inexperienced but if you do get to put in his hands too many times we've seen what will happen it's, it's about getting that balance right and ultimately that's going to be on the coach isn't it You're going to, you've got to know he's going to give you some of the plays that he gave you last night but a big part of the reason you were in trouble was because of him anyway he might have got you out it's of the be, hole but he did get you in it
1: it's going to be so stupid next season when they bomb off Jimmy G and then wonder why Trey Lance isn't cooking when he could have had a whole year of making the mistakes they'll make next season although I think Sean still thinks they have a chance in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes so we uh, see how that one goes um, his team. Yeah. I, I think too many times it's it, it's going to come down to Jimmy G needing to make a play, particularly with the, the times last night when he was not just lose, losing losing um, possession, but for a loss, he was being pushed further and further back the pitch, and then when it came to the third downs or whatever, he's was having to make a big play. They should just rely on the running game and then hope it opens up the few players they need throughout the game to get the points on the board. But I think we'll see a nervy game. I think we'll see mistakes on yeah, side sure. both sides and quarterbacks. And it's just going to be which one can make less. But I guess the one thing we did see from the 49ers last night is that when they needed to turn it on, they turned it on. We were all doubting the call I don't know about you, I think most people were doubting the call to punt it with uh, less than two minutes left on the clock. Ultimately paid dividends. And...
2: Yeah, that's it. They, they back the D, didn't they? Um, which not a lot of teams either can or will do. Yeah. The fact that they were able to speaks for I thought that comeback was actually quite impressive in a way. I thought yeah, Rams would have routed a lot of teams there and they didn't. So I thought that was impressive. Was probably... and in, in a thing where two teams can blow hot and cold I do think yeah. I would bat the Niners more I think they're better coach as well I mean I'd back most people to outmaneuver Mike McCarthy yeah. and uh, <laughs> I think Shanahan definitely will
1: I'd probably turn the game off if they hadn't got the uh, three points just before half time
2: oh yeah I mean but... it's exactly the case I was I tuned in for the second half going right net score
1: if it's Rams yeah. I'm out I mean it, it just never was um yeah, I've got Cowboys minus three in my uh, backer. Okay. For the weekend, I've uh, backed already. We've got Bucks minus 5.5 on 5 that as well. Um, if we look at the Cardinals and Rams, which I, I do agree, um, fun game. Maybe they maybe the hardest to pick up and down this
2: list. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um, just astounding, this second half of the season for the Cardinals. Um. They started 7 and 0, and then they're 3 and 7 in their uh, last eight games. They climbed down from somewhere, but it doesn't know right. Anyway, it started the season 7 and 0, and then they're on a horrific run now. Um, but then the Rams, they got rid of Goff, they've got Matt Stafford in. Just some of the decisions that he's been making, just for a guy of his experience, you shouldn't be chucking the ball like, seemingly without looking into a part of the pitch where you've got three defenders waiting there for your one target I think this one is going to be another calamity laden game Kyler Murray not looked right since having his ankle injury and it's just going to be a case of which quarterback can pull it out on the night I'm back in the Rams mainly just because I think they've got more players that can make a difference than uh,
2: the Cardinals do. Yes, it is, a. I think, probably the hardest one to call this game. It should be fun. The Cardinals, I, I think a lot of peop- people have read, obviously, a lot into the second half of the season. I think it's kind of just returning to the mean, though, isn't it? It's They weren't going to keep up the way they were playing in that run of being 7-0. I think that was probably slightly misleading, and then they've probably underperformed a bit in the second half. So, you even it out and it's probably a good overall season. Um, Murray doesn't seem it's to be able to afford... We
1: went three and four in the next seven after that. They,
2: Yeah, so that has probably been... That second half of the season is probably more what people would have expected from the Cardinals. It's, like, people tended to think unbelievable offensive team but defensively not so good. And in the start of it, it just looked like the defence was switched on and then it kind of showed itself to be what it is in the second half. So... For that reason, you'd probably think the Rams can, but it's, it's Matt Stafford. He's, he's a conundrum, and he's obviously better than Goff. He can hit yeah. some crazy numbers some weeks. Then, just somebody, the, like you said, some of the decision making he does just feels so rash. And it, let's say, from by being in Detroit, doesn't have much playoff experience either. So, for all he's an experienced player, he hasn't experienced winning that much. Oh. Um-
1: just to let you know, I'll just have the breaking news pop up that the the EFL they're going to investigate Liverpool after Klopp's admission that he had all these false positives. So as much as I was joking earlier,
2: probably should have kept that to himself. Um, yeah, it didn't seem the uh, the best thing to uh, testify in court, did it? <laughs> no, no, and it certainly didn't help the conspiracy. The conspiracy
1: no, no, itself. exactly.
2: Um, who are you taking, Rams? Cardinals? I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, yeah, you just, just can't fully trust... You can't trust either, but I can't fully trust the Cardinals. There's just something not quite right there. So I'm going to go with the Rams. But it'll be close, I think.
1: Looks like they're going to have JJ Watt back in there, which at least should help. Um, but I guess even if your quarterback's having a bad game, it's not bad when you then still have um, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. To take over the games themselves if they need
2: to, so that's it, they, not they've, bad, got the, is it? they've got the person now and Sean is a good coach, so I think it's small there's, there's going to be small sort of differences between these two teams that that should if you go into if it's a bit of a coin flip in my mind i'll I'll go with them
1: yeah i i, I love watching Cooper cup I mean we, we haven't even mentioned uh oh, earlier Beckham in there. I think most people are just kind of thinking that's going to click. One week and uh, it'll be money again. Although he's not even had a bad record since he's been there, but not quite the Mr. Highlight that uh, you've had previously. Um, Raiders Bengals. Um, I don't know how you feel about this one. I didn't say you are it a second ago, but you certainly uh, wasn't excited for it. As perhaps some people may be.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit harsh on it in that it's probably a decent close match. I, it's the Raiders. I just, I'm just not hot on them and yeah, like, I thought, him. Four I thought a the, yeah I thought the Chargers would beat them Um because I thought the Chargers are a good team and I thought of the teams I think just match-up wise they could probably give the Chiefs a game which obviously that's out the window now Um yeah you are right the, the Raiders have obviously made a late, late play for the playoffs and maybe that momentum can carry them forward in it but I'm I also think Joe Burrow and the Bengals on their day just seem to be able to be as good as anyone. I think if you were to say to me the sort of a dark horse run, I would probably say the Bengals.
1: They they suffered even more injuries to their offensive line, and Joe Burrow limped off at the end of the game yesterday as well.
2: Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was, I was seeing uh, a lot of people saying it wasn't serious with the Burrow thing, but I wasn't sure the what the actual uh, diagnosis was. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen
1: a proper diagnosis. To be fair. Um when well I saw a tweet about this game earlier and they summed it up saying essentially if the Bengals can keep Joe Burrow upright, then they win the game. It's as simple as that. It's just whether they can <laughs> do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because
1: Derek Cullen the last four games, obviously, when they need to go four-0 to make it to the next round, they've done that. He's putting out the numbers like Completion-wise, with anyone else in the league, the big moments he's balling, the third-down completions, just everything about it is just uh, is just been money. I mean, I'm the opposite, and I, I don't know if there's any like legitimate reason for that. I'm excited for that game as much as as much as any game. I quite like that it's the nine thirty slot on Saturday. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's I like watching Joe Burrow play and
2: yeah agreed on that one
1: i'm just expecting it to be close so uh hopefully that is the case something we have been robbed of though it, it would have been great if um we could have seen some of these um fourth down attempts from the charges um in the playoffs
2: yeah absolutely so unfortunately we uh, we don't have that um, having said that it's that's a sort of a been a contagious disease in the league this year so don't be surprised <laughs> to see them in the playoffs uh, coaches seem to be fancying themselves a bit I liked it when they were talking about in the
1: studio yesterday and it said essentially um, the 49ers like played freely until they had a chance to win the game and then they were like hang on a minute <laughs> that, that <laughs> <was> like, <"Chancy." laughs> we're, we're going to play very safe <laughs> um, Patriots Bills is this one as simple as if the Buffalo Bills play as well as they can, they win
2: the game. Yeah, it's kind of, I feel like the Patriots are a team not too high on talent, but are being just coached to their absolute maximum. And then the Bills are a team with plenty of talent who sometimes underperform. So it's a kind of which one of those two things can win out. Um, and obviously they both got a result over each other this year, I believe. So yeah. you've kind of seen how it can play out both ways. Um. <laughs> I think the, the Patriots are. Sorry, the
1: Bills kind of welcome it. If if you want to go punch for punch with them, then they'll play the game. Yeah, and they'll, they'll they'll play that game. Whereas the Patriots, um, when you when you look down their results, that's not the game they want to play. They want to keep the defense tight, obviously as good as um, Matthew Jones has been. They don't want to put too much pressure on him, particularly in his uh, first playoff run, to be going out there and have to play lights out football to get a win. Yes. Yeah. We'll see what um, Belichick can come up with, if he can do anything creative, how well he can game plan for this. be interesting to see the way they approach the game.
2: It's different in the playoffs, in that obviously the the Bills have a disgusting record against uh, Belichick and the Patriots in the playoffs. They, they've owned them. So whether there is any hoodoo with that, that hangs over that team, it will be interesting. And Josh Allen has... Gonna ha- he's gonna have to do something. He's gonna to do something in the playoffs at some point because otherwise, people are gonna be saying, "Well, what are you all about? You probably is you've got as much talent as you could want in a quarterback, but you keep coming up short." Having said that, maybe you would rather lose to these than the Chiefs.
1: Last time we spoke about um, NFL, Josh Allen was still the Cookies' favorite to be MVP.
2: <laughs> 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 Blimey. And the bill again, he's like a guy that's perennially in that conversation, isn't he? Famous favorite is to get to the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, it's I mean, he doesn't have many excuses, they've got plenty of talent. And he's like I say, he's got as big an arm, he's athletic, he can run as he showed in the game yesterday. But he's gonna to have to put it in. I think he needs a signature performance, and this he must look at this year as, as a chance for it.
1: Yeah, my, my singular hope with these games is, is just that as many of them as possible to close when we get into the fourth quarter
0: yeah yeah, yeah agreed. Just, uh,
1: give us the chance to uh, get get some kind of uh, last minute drama um finally then uh, oh sorry did i did i get your prediction are you taking the bills over the patriots
2: i'll i'll take the bills yeah just about
1: i've taken the bills i i quietly hope the patriots win um Steelers Chiefs, on, I don't know how much we need to say about this one.
2: Um, Steelers have done remarkably to get to the playoffs. Put them that way.
1: Yeah, um, I did see um, a, a tweet suggesting that maybe the Steelers would have been better off if they if they could have kind of won a couple of their games, and if the other team just thought about where they get some happy memories, they also don't have to go into the playoffs and put ben through what he might be about to go through. <laughs> because regardless of um, what you've done this season, there's obviously a certain level of expectation when you get to playoff time that you, you've got to show up here. You're not going to get the let-offs that maybe you would previously. Oh, this is his last run or whatever. You're going to have to put in a performance if, if you stick the place out, regardless of whether it's your last game or not. I'm not sure you're getting a pass.
2: No, look, the, the last dance ended in, in success so uh, i kind of thinking about the last time. doesn't go so well if the Bulls get smashed 4-0 do you know what I mean?
1: I saw um, one of the reporters yesterday saying uh, that the thing with Big Ben is uh, he's not just a great guy on the field he's a great guy off the field <laughs> hang on a minute
2: <laughs> oh <Old> horses
1: <laughs> oh god do, do, do you think Mahomes is going to maybe put on a You must have forgot what you're (laughs) doing. Remind people
2: I'm that guy. Feels like the second half of this season has been kind of that for him and the Chiefs, to be honest. Um, Starting with that narrow win over Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, that seemed to get them some confidence again. And ever since then, they've really just kicked on um, and they look as as good as ever. Essentially, um, the Chiefs win or they lose and. He's reminded that his
1: brother's an asshole, is basically how social media <laughs> seems to go from <laughs> the homes. Uh, so he, he may need to uh, keep winning just for that reason. Like, there are people that, if there wasn't enough reasons to dislike the Chiefs, um, maybe the amount that
2: Sean does, I'd have too much of an issue with them. Um, maybe if we get to the brothers, Super Bowl and they pump us, we might uh, sympathize with Sean. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my thing is, I was just quite like the because. It was the first game me and Sean went to see at Wembley, and yeah, Smith at call back then. Um, always had a good atmosphere when you watched their games back.
2: It obviously meant more to you see- than it did to him, mate. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, there we go.
2: The um, Chiefs, what do you think this one will? Do you think this to be close by half time? It's tricky in that the Steelers obviously have been built on being defensively strong. as kind of Mike Tomlin's. Skill set. So, if anyone could try and keep it close, you'd be him. But I mean, just I think there's just such a disparity between these two teams that I do see a, a bit of a killing taking place. I'll be honest. There we go. And uh, you think the Packers are rightfully the favourites going into the playoffs? It's it's an odd one, isn't it? Because they are they are the common sense. I they said they've been the most consistent team this year. They haven't had the lows of the other teams. I mean, other than obviously the first week, which was an absolute shocker, yeah. they've been absolutely fine ever since. Um, whereas every other team's been very hot and very cold at various times. So through, when you look at it, them and the Chiefs' is common-sense pick Super Bowl, and yet, if the Packers have the bugs, you just... I don't there's, know, I just... I, I think the Packers' playoff record of recent years, in the Aaron Rodgers era, just... I think it must play on the minds. I think that must come into it a little bit.
1: There's been enough results for me that have at least... Given me some level of doubt. Um, the Ravens game where they came back after the Packers had a lead.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, one of my headphones has died. Not sure which. Um, and the Browns one as well. They really should have got something back out the game.
2: Yeah. It's uh, the the concerning thing for them was is the familiar old thing of when it does unravel for the Packers, it unravels quite quickly. And kind of, it 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 might sound an odd thing to say this, but when you have one. Games relatively comfortably, you never really have to address that issue of making sure we don't just fold as soon as it gets on top of us. I do wonder if that you know if they get, end up in a playoff game and do end up falling behind by a couple of scores, does that? Yeah. familiar Hopefully they creep back in and we get some PCSD. Yeah, I mean, serious questions obviously have to be asked for the Packers if they do go out early. Because yeah, if you if you can't get to the Super Bowl this year, then. I don't think you're ever going to in their shoes. They're, this is as good a Packers team as we've ever seen, certainly.
1: Yeah. They might be playing for Aaron Rodgers' future as much as uh, playing for a Super Bowl as well.
2: And he's a funny one, isn't it? Is, would winning actually make it more likely he leaves? Does he go right yeah, and signing yeah, off on that? Right. Or, you know, does he... Does
1: yeah, it's I mean, come again,
2: it's a, it's a weird one.
1: He's an impossible guy to try and work out what he's thinking, to be fair. So, probably better. And let's face try.
2: it, he's now in a brutal spot where no one can offer him probably as good a situation as Green Bay now does so he's got a yeah. he's got a funny situation he finds himself in
1: yeah there we go I think that just about does us for the week so thank you again for listening to another edition of the spitballing pod I'll ask you the films for this week I'm not sure if you've seen both of them uh, mm. first is Sin City and it's up against uh, also from 2005 a history of violence and um, Bob ish movie with uh, Vigo Mortensen.
2: Okay, no, I've not seen that. I've seen Sin City. Um, sounds like a fun matchup. I'll have to check them out.
1: There we go. So thank you again for listening. We will be back.
2: Goodbye.